Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Moses would need to open up that backpack and look at that token and bring back the memory that that token represented of all the people standing at that mountain and Moses serving God, and Moses would think, God sent me. I've been sent by God. And he would say, I remember God also, not just sent me, but he told me he would be with me. Certainly, I will be with thee. That was a very real issue for Moses, the sense of failure. And Moses had to learn the secret taught by Paul that we looked at earlier. We're going to look at it again now in the full context in Romans 10, 13. There's a whole issue about being sent with God. Look at the whole context and especially this verse 16. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, good. We want people to be saved. Nice, good. Call on the name of the Lord. Very good. And then he asks the question, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay, they got to believe so they can call. Next one. And how shall they believe in him whom they not heard? Okay, so they got to hear. Okay, they got to hear so they can believe. All right. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Okay, they've got to be a preacher so they can hear, so they can believe, so they can call, they can be saved. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Okay, so the preacher's got to be sent. The preacher is sent. The preacher preaches. The people hear. The people believe. The people call. The people are saved. Okay. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of great joy. Now verse 16. But, huge but, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? But there was a preacher, and the preacher was sent, and the preacher's feet were beautiful. He was preaching the gospel of peace. The preacher was bringing glad tidings of good things. Doesn't that guarantee that the preacher will be a success, but the preacher was sent by God. The preacher was preaching the word of God. The preacher was preaching the gospel of God. The preacher was preaching the gospel of peace. The preacher was preaching glad tidings of good things from God. Doesn't it count? Doesn't it all count to assure that the preacher will be a success and all who hear will respond? That's where the answer is so important. But they, but They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? That is a big but in Romans 10, 16. The preacher was sent by God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the word of God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the gospel of God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the gospel of peace, but 
They have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. And then Paul said at the end of Romans 10, 16, remember, remember the first verse of Isaiah 53. Isaiah, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? The great prophet Isaiah, bringing the greatest chapter in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, the center of the Bible, the center of his text, what he's built up to, the great, great report describing the sacrificial death of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the atonement that was made, how by his knowledge, by his, he as the righteous servant justifies many. And God wants to prepare you. When you look at Isaiah 53, that's our great chapter. We love this chapter. We love to sit down with the Jewish people and say, look at Isaiah 53. Who's it speaking about himself or some other man as the Ethiopian eunuch asked the question and we asked the question too. And the Jewish people sometimes will read that and say, well, you gave me out of the New Testament. That's talking about Jesus. No, it's Isaiah 53. It's wonderful, Isaiah 53. And so we want to come to Isaiah 53. Oh, don't forget, Paul says, the first thing that he says is, Lord, who hath believed our report? Why does he say that? God wants to prepare you. You who think that you have the greatest news for the Jewish people, and once they hear, they will respond. Read the first verse, Lord, who hath believed our report? You who have wept, like my wife, she weeps, she can't read the part about when Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem sitting on the donkey, and it's a, Hosanna, hail, king of the Jews. And it's just a handful, and there's despising chicks. You can't read it without weeping. I say, why are you crying? It's the greatest scandal ever that the Jewish people don't receive their king. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given from heaven. He's come, God's Emmanuel, God's gift, God's with us. They don't receive him. They despise and reject him. She can't read the passage without crying, because she says it's the greatest scandal. And you who think, you who think, and you who think, and you who have wept, you think about Isaiah 53, you weep for the greatest scandal ever of the Jewish people rejecting their king, and now you've read Isaiah 53, and now you think all I have to do is bring them the truth of Isaiah 53. And so to you, verse one is written, who hath believed our report? To you, it's to prepare you. God says, don't forget the words of Isaiah. Don't forget the failure of Moses. Don't forget it. Don't forget the 99.9999% failure. Moses, don't forget it. Last week, we sent off 120 Bible school students, 60 days, 12 weeks, 17 cities, what purpose? Carry the gospel, bring the gospel to the Jewish people. How many? A million. Almost Moses' number. A million, a million. Bring the Jewish people the gospel. Every summer we do this. Our third summer, three million if you want to think of it that way. Doors knocked on. This summer we look for a million doors. Oh, we prepared them, we flew them, we housed them, we feed them, we transport them. We, we encourage them, we pray for them, we give them all the materials, all the DVDs, the books, the everythings. And so what's going to happen? Maybe the same number as Moses. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we'll have two. He had two out of 1.5 million. Are you better than Moses? 
to you, to you, Bible school students, remember Moses' failure. Remember the words of Isaiah 53, 1, who has believed our report. For our full-time workers in the, in Los Angeles area who every day, nothing but going door, Jewish door to Jewish door, Jewish door to Jewish door, and finally, after a year and a half, one dear Jewish lady on the brink of death, on the brink of death, health issue, on the brink of death, she comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> like I said to him, I says, you're batting better than Moses was. You got a better batting average than Moses did. Moses had two out of 1.5 million. You haven't knocked on 1.5 million. To you, Isaiah 53, one is written, who has believed our report? To you, Moses' failure, 99.9999% failure. Our team down in Buenos Aires, same thing. Remember Moses. Remember Isaiah 53.1. The team we work with in Lower Galilee in, in Israel, we sent out 135,000 DVDs, the testimony DVDs, the Jewish people there in, in Israel. We have to remember Moses. Remember the words of Isaiah 53.1. God told the prophet Ezekiel, something very, very important. He starts him out, much like he was starting out Moses, in the beginning of his ministry, and he says, Ezekiel, I want you to understand something. Your success is not measured by the response of the Jewish people. It's not measured, Ezekiel, it's not measured by how much they respond to you. That's not an indication of whether or not you have been sent by God. If you like to turn to it, Ezekiel 3, verses 4 through 7. It's very interesting. So Ezekiel says, he says, God said to me, he said, and he said unto me, son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel. That's, just, that's being sent, all right. And speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened to you. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. So God says to Ezekiel here, he says, he says, go, get thee. Very, very important word. For we see this word when God spoke to Abraham. When Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldees, he said, go, get thee out. Go, get thee. Go, get thee. Lech lacha. Very important. Lech lacha, Abraham. Go, go. Same thing he said to Ezekiel, go, leklaha, go, Ezekiel, go, go, go. Go to the house of Israel. He's being sent. And God says, he says that. And, and then he says, and here's the mission. Here's the mission, Ezekiel. Speak with my words unto them. Not your words, Ezekiel, my words. Speak with my words unto them. So Ezekiel, he knows he's being sent. And so then God, and God knows that Ezekiel knows he's being sent, so God says, all right, now, you are not sent. And he describes the non-Jewish people this way. He says, this is a people, you're not sent to a people of a strange speech, a hard language, but you're sent to the house of Israel. In other words, that's your mother tongue. 
That's your heart language. They're sent to people of your mother tongue, your heart language. You're sending them, okay. And then he says, and then he goes on to say that, I'm not saying that people don't speak Hebrew, not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. He said, I'm not sending you to people you can't even understand what they're saying to you. <laughs> and then God says that, you know what? If I had sent you to them, to who? To the people you couldn't even understand their language. He said, if I'd sent you to them, they would have hearkened to you. They would have listened to you. That's the irony of it all. He says, he says if I sent you people who couldn't even speak your language, they'd listen to you. But then the house of Israel, he says, the house of Israel won't hearken, will not hearken unto thee. Why? They won't hearken unto me. And you're going for me. You're speaking my words to them. You are my ambassador. They don't listen to me. They're going to listen to you? No, I'll tell you. Get, get over it, Ezekiel. I'm commissioning you for failure. I'm sending you for failure. Apart from that, you're fine. So in other words, he says, go to this. He says, for the whole house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Now, that's really something what God said there. Because <clears throat> this, now, if we, it, God said to him, look, if I sent you to a people, Ezekiel, you didn't even understand their language, they would have hearkened to you. And you know what other people would say when they look at Ezekiel? They would say, whoa, there, look at all those people hearkening to him. He doesn't even speak their language. Now there's a man who's obviously sent by God. Look at the response he's getting. Oh, he's filling up stadiums. God's hand is on that man, Ezekiel. Look at the multitudes, how they're coming. They're responding to God's message. And God would have said, I didn't do it. I didn't send you. But the response, I didn't send you. He said, I'm not sending you to them. He says, but if I did send you to them, they would hearken. There'd be a massive response. And so God told Ezekiel that he was not being sent to non-Jewish people, to people who didn't speak Hebrew. But God told Ezekiel that if he were to go to them, that they'd be response. Very interesting. Think about it. I mean, if Ezekiel had gone to these people, they would have responded, the non-Jewish people would have responded, like Jonah, who was sent by God, who went to the, the non-Jewish people, the people of Nineveh, oh, did they respond? Big response, but they were sent by God. So Ezekiel, with the multitudes of the non-Jewish people responding to you, it could be that way, and if that you went there and you had these multitudes of non-Jewish people responding to you, you would have been squarely outside the will of God. Ezekiel, you could go to those non-Jewish people and then you'd have a tremendous response without God sending you. And Moses was going to be sent to the same people, to the Jewish people, and there would be such little response that out of the one and a half million Jewish people over the age of accountability, over 20, that they should only be successful with just two, just two, should go into the land of Canaan. Only Joshua and Caleb would go into the land. Out of bringing out one and a half million people, only two. That by anyone's measure is failure. If the success of Moses is measured by how many people he brought out of Egypt into Canaan, he brought out, let's say, one and a half million over the age of accountability, over 20, and he failed with all of them except for two to bring them into the land of Canaan. That's failure, but not in God's sight. Because God says in Hebrews, Moses 
was faithful all the house of God. He was faithful. He pleased God. Yeah, the little matter at the rock. But apart from that, he pleased God. He was faithful. He did what he was supposed to do. That kind of failure, which of course Moses felt in his heart, but that kind of failure is exactly what Moses was being prepared for by God. That kind of failure, which of course Ezekiel felt in his heart, was exactly what was promised to Ezekiel so that he would know it has nothing to do with whether he is faithful and whether he's sent by God and whether he's pleasing God. And anyone, anyone who goes into the work of bringing the gospel to the Jewish people had better prepare themselves for this kind of failure because more often than not, this is the pattern. You're not gonna, you, you may hear about the reports, oh, hundreds of Jewish people, thousands of Jewish people, yeah, go see. That's not what I read. That's not what I find. It has nothing to do with determining if God has sent the person or not. But you feel it. Of course you do. We're not the tin man with no heart. You know who really felt it? The greatest one of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn, Isaiah 49. Here's where he talks about feeling it. Isaiah 49, he feels it, he felt it. He felt it, Isaiah 49. He feels it. He says, starts off, 49.1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people, from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, and the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft, and his quiver hath he hid me. And he said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I am glorified. Don't be confused. Oftentimes, the Lord Jesus Christ is so close with his people that he is called, not only just the king of the Jews, but he's called Israel. He is called Israel too. So thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, feel this now, feel this. Feel the failure of Moses. Feel the failure of Ezekiel. Feel the failure of Elijah. Feel the failure of Paul. Feel the failure, bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. Feel it in verse four. Then feel the failure of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work is with my God. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord and my God shall be my strength. So what is he saying? You don't think he had feelings? The Lord Jesus Christ, when he came and he said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, when he was despised and rejected and they didn't receive him, you don't think it got to him? You don't think it got to Moses? You don't think that Moses felt like a failure? You don't think that Ezekiel felt like a failure? You don't think that Elijah felt like a failure? You don't think that Paul felt like a failure? You don't think the Lord Jesus Christ felt like a failure? He did. That's what he's pouring out his heart here when he said, I have labored in vain, I've wasted my time. I've spent my life for nothing. He said, I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. But then, oh, then he gives us the key to not be discouraged. He says, stop. Stop with all the feelings of failure. Stop with all the feelings of letting God down. 
And he says, surely my judgment is with the Lord. Let God judge me. Even though only two, even though 0.0001%, I think I missed a zero, it doesn't matter, percent, success, my judgment's with God. God, are you happy? I'm happy. God, you say I'm a success, I'm happy. My judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. Now saith the Lord that formed thee from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Was, was Moses commissioned to bring the Jewish people out of Egypt into Canaan? Yes. How did he do? Two out of one and a half million. Was Elijah commissioned to bring Jacob, to bring Israel back to God? Yes. How did he do? Uh, killed the, forsaken the covenants, killed the prophets, et cetera, et cetera. Was Isaiah commissioned by God to bring Israel to God? Yes. How do they do? Looks to God and says, who's believed our report? Was the Lord Jesus Christ commissioned by God to be sent? I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yes. It says here, he says, he called me to be a servant to bring Jacob again to him. Was Jacob brought to him? No. Did Moses bring all the people into Canaan? No. Etc. No. And he says, though Israel be not gathered, I failed. You might have thought, I failed. Yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Moses, what do you do, Moses? When you pour your whole life, and you see only two out of one and a half million, you say, God be glorified, and God will be my strength. And he was. That's the key. God will be my strength. And that's the key to it all. And that's what happened. That's what happened. So we look at these passages here. We look at the part about Moses being commissioned for operation failure, but he wasn't. Because it's an amazing, amazing thing when you think that the time is coming when all Israel shall be saved, all the Jewish people will be saved. There's a verse, it says, where the Jewish people look at him and they'll say, this is our God, we have waited for thee. We have waited for thee. <laughs> God says, you've waited for me. I've waited for you. Thousands of years I've waited for you, the Jewish people, and they will turn and they will come. Why? Because God will be glorified. And because of what it says about Israel, Israel will be the glory of God. And when the Jewish people turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what people are going to say? They're not going to say, oh, the Jewish people are so great. They're going to say how great God is. How great was his grace to them. How great was his mercy to them. How great was his patience to them and waiting for them. How great, great, great God is glorified. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these, Lord, these words that we've studied here today, as we've read them, it's encouraged our hearts to realize that we're not going through anything that Moses didn't go through. We're not going through anything that the Lord Jesus Christ himself didn't go through. And we thank you, Lord, that you knew all about it and you prepared Moses and you prepare us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for that. And Lord, we just want you to be happy with us, to be pleased with our work, and to be able to say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. 